Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. But all right, here we go. <laughs> Take care. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm here with Daniel. I am Eduardo. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Hello, man. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, the four elements is what we'll be covering today. And there's so much that we um, always talk about before we go on air, before we start recording and kind of try to figure out, you know, not only what the episode will entail, but also how to relate it to all the things we've talked about in the previous episodes and what's to come in the future. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of the listeners have lis listened um, to the alchemy episode and probably had a lot of questions about how we would break, um, you know, the seven steps of alchemy more specifically down and, you know, um, what each of them really entailed. And this is kind of a good precursor to that because we're going to be breaking down, like I said, the four elements, which we're all familiar with and, you know, its significance um, uh, and its internal and external aspects. And so before I get into each detail and everything else, I want Daniel to sort of take it back to the numerology, just starting with that. Uh, we did bring up numerology briefly in the last episode and the meaning behind, you know, the the, the number uh, but in this case, the number four and and why it is the four elements, not the five elements, as I've done some research uh, within regards to this topic that has led me to find, you know, that fifth um, and what that fifth is. Right. So um, so let's start with that and then we'll move into um, the representation of, e of each um, element and, and its aspects internally and externally, as I already mentioned. And then um, we'll keep unfolding more as we go. Right. Yeah. No, perfect, man. Great, great introduction. Um, and you do, you bring up a really good point about the four with the four elements. And we all are going to talk about the fifth element as well, because really what we're going to be kind of dealing with here is really steps of how we experience consciousness. And that's kind of what we're looking at. So the beautiful thing about the number four is it's kind of the the physical completion of a lot of things. And it's kind of more of like the physical cycle of mm. things. Things happen a lot in fours, right? We have the we have the four seasons. We have the four directions. Um, we have the four sections of the zodiac, okay? We have the four energies of how we take in energy from food, water, oxygen, and kind of that prana, that life force. Um, and even... The, obviously the four elements um, and it's it's just so impressive that you see how forward thinking these ancient astrologers and these alchemists were because even to this day um, again scientists modern scientists kind of laugh at the idea of the four elements because they truly don't understand what what these alchemists were speaking about mm. but this is the four stages of matter on the periodic table of elements right you have solid, you have liquids, you have gas, and you have plasma, mm -hmm. okay? And that's exactly what we're dealing with. Solid is going to be earth, liquid is going to be water, um, air is going to be gas, and then fire is going to be plasma. And now we have those four elements making themselves apparent right. in modern science, right? So again, it's not, it's not the aspect of going back into time 
it's more bringing the past forward and kind of seeing all the information that it kind of brings um, and just not losing track of what these ancient understanding was just because we might not really understand what they're talking about, you know? And I think you did a, a good way of kind of bringing up the four elements being like an internal and an external expression, Yeah. right? Yeah. So um, a lot of the things that are brought up are just evolutions of that same theory that came from such a long time ago, but in the process of evolving, it just gets lost and then it gets redefined and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, no, no, this is what it is. And it's like, no, but that's that's stemming from exactly what we're talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's what I meant by internal and external. It's interesting right. how we've segregated them, um, but go on. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Let's just kind of take a look at the steps because this is through this podcast, we've kind of made our way to this fourfold expression of matter in the fourfold elements. Okay. So let's just kind of start back at the number one, right? So one is kind of that unity consciousness. So that's kind of what we were talking about in mentalism, the idea mm. that all is one and all is mind, okay? Um, so that really everything is one, and it's kind of this holistic understanding. So when we think of one, we're going to think of it as just like a circle, right? right? Just a circle with emptiness inside of it, right? And so that was kind of one of the first things we went through was the idea of unity consciousness. And now what we're doing is to understand consciousness, to understand the universe, you study it as the whole and the holistic, but then you also start breaking it down. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then let's start thinking about halving that circle right down the middle. Okay. So that's going to give us duality. All right. So if unity consciousness, that first one is kind of like a dot, mm-hmm. right? This duality is like a straight line. Okay. So now we've made a dot to a straight line. We're okay. starting to form matter. Okay, we're really starting to go from 1D to 2D, right? We're trying, we're starting to make lines and mm-hmm. stuff. And so we're about to really get to that aspect of matter. So, so this duality comes in number two. Okay, and this is that straight line. And this is that law of gender we spoke about with the male and the female, the yin and the yang, the black and the white, the up and the down, the sun and the moon, the left and the right. Okay, so we've literally taken that circle of unity consciousness and we've drawn a ri- line right down the middle. Okay, and then on the left side, we have the male aspect of consciousness, and the right side, we have the female aspect of consciousness. Still within that circle, still within that unity consciousness, but we're breaking it down into parts, right? Um, So we've gone from one to two, and then the next step would be three, and that's going to be the trinity. That's the triangle, okay? So we've gone from a dot to a line, and now we've made a triangle, okay? So this is going to be that three part of our consciousness. That's that... That's the Trinity. That's the thought, emotion, action, the father, mother, son. Um, this is the mind, body, and spirit. If the duality is black and white, the Trinity is black, white, and gray. Okay? So we're again, we're breaking down consciousness into more chunks and smaller pieces so we can understand it. Okay? And again, mm-hmm. you, you go outwards and you break it down and then you bring it back in and you see the completeness. Okay? So you have to get this like linear, broken down, analytical expression of consciousness is what we're going to do. And then you kind of go back through and get that holistic understanding. But you need to understand both sides of it, right? So that four, um, the four is going to be the cross. And that's going to be that divided sphere. So instead of the the triangle, we're going to have the four directions. And this is kind of the four elements. This is the four states of matter that we were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. The, the solid, liquid, the gas, and the plasma. Um, this is the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, okay? This is kind of the four cycle of life. And this is, again, we see the cross come through, 
okay? And this is our first expression of the cross, and this is why the the symbol of the cross is such a powerful one, because this is the time, this is the first time that lines are crossing, okay? And if lines don't cross, we don't have this five-sense construct to experience to have our soul go through this journey, right. okay? So this is what's so important about lines crossing. Um, this is what the Christianity symbol is about. This is why Jesus died on the cross. He died on matter, so you could have a spiritual experience, right? Um so we have these four sections that are going to kind of be brought up. And again, these are the four directions. These are the um, four elements, right? These are the four sections of the zodiac, the four seasons. Um, and within it, we have the cycle of life, okay? The cycle of life being kind of a four-piece matter. For matter, we have the seed, which grows into the tree, which produces a flower, which then produces a fruit, and the fruit within the fruit carries the seed, and the cycle continues again, right? And this is why we're kind of going through this aspect. So so when we talk about the fifth element, that's just us kind of going even further down this line, okay? So you're just kind of breaking down consciousness. And what that fifth element is going to be is it's going to be kind of that all-encompassing spirit, that energy that actually gives life to these first four elements. Right. And that's going to be kind of another conversation. We're really going to kind of focus on these four elements and really how they're kind of a manifestation of of that ether. So you can say you can speak of it in four elements or you can speak of it in fifth elements, but five elements, but really what you're just doing is you're just kind of taking it a step further when you right. say that. Um, and when we talk about the quiescence, when we talk about that ether, when we talk about that spirit, that fifth element, this is kind of what we referred to in the alchemical episode as that one materia thing. Prima? Yeah, prima materia. So, so the prima materia, the one thing the spiritual ether, um, spirit, you're always going to hear kind of different terms, but they're speaking about the same thing. They're really speaking about that invisible animating force that mm. gives life to all those elements, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Right? So um, again, when we, to be able to really kind of manifest and create reality, it's this, it's the fourfold expression of that one thing. So what we're really just kind of doing is we're just kind of, breaking down the components of consciousness. So we go from one, unity, consciousness, two, from duality, two to three, which is the trinity, and then the trinity to the four, which is the quad aspects of consciousness. So again, we're just breaking down matter, and this is kind of the steps that matter kind of does to manifest in our reality. Brilliant. Right? Cool. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So... um so yeah, again, you know, it's that that first matter is what we're dealing with, that first matter or that one thing or that prima materia. And really what this is, is that one mind that we kind of talked about in the Emerald Tablet imposes this fourfold image on the one thing that creates matter. So when it imposes that fourfold image, which we're going to see as these base archetypes of um, creation, that is what's going to create this five sense construct for us to go on the journey of the soul's experience. So these are what you would consider almost the the four pillars of the world, mm -hmm. right? And we, we see that in the Zodiac and we see that in so many different aspects. Um, and it's really going to be these are really kind of the, it's the action of these four elements um, running together harmoniously and balancing that really gives us this, um, this, this construct, this construct of experience. And, and again, you know, when we're speaking about the elements, we're not speaking 
about the physical representation, right? We're right. speaking about the archetypal characteristics, kind of like you said, the internal and the external, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think um, if if you've, you're done explaining, I was just going to say, should we jump into each one? Um, yeah, 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 you know, um, and I think that's exactly what we can kind of do is we can kind of just make our way through. Uh, but again, just kind of re- really remembering when we're talking about these elements, we're not just talking about the physical makeup, but rather the metaphysical qualities of each other. Okay. Um, and that um, all of these elements are going to originate from that first matter. Okay. Right. So they have connection with each other, if that makes sense. No, it does. Right. It does. Yeah. One can't be without the other. Uh, in so many ways, you know? Yeah, Um, absolutely. And, you know, and one of the interesting aspects, I think it was um, Aristotle and Socrates when they were really looking at these elements, because again, this goes all the way back. Um, Let's kind of look at the characteristics because that's what kind of makes it interesting. So fire, they characterized as hot and dry, Mm -hmm. right? Water as cold and moist, earth as cold and dry, and air as moist and hot. And these are going to be the characteristics of what these kind of entail. Um, but because they all come from the first matter, switching out those characteristics will actually have them transform into the other item. Exactly. Right? So we, we see that with water. So water is cold and moist. But if we apply heat, so we take that cold away from the moisture and we provide heat, now you've created steam. So right. you've made your water into air. Right? Um and then if we go cold and dry, that's where we're going to make a solid, mm-hmm. right? So it's, again, it's, this is how transformation works. It's, you're like knocking out stuff. And this is, again, how they make periodic, new periodic table of elements is they're hitting atoms and they're like moving the nucleus around. Mm-hmm. They're just doing alchemy. And this is what the alchemists were working with. And this is those, those first four elements of the alchemical process. Right. 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 Which is, you know, we, we talked about that uh, with calcination, calcination and dissolution and separation and conjunction. Um, but I definitely um, find it fascinating that even when you're doing research on the elements, people have still segregate them or have segregated them uh, rather into into what you're describing as one singular um particle that's not con- in conjunction with the other right. it's like wait a minute like you right. know that even from basic chemistry on how this all kind of right you know, has a, a rhythm to it in in, in symbiosis but um yeah yeah um, no and you know one thing you brought up too right before we got on um on air was just how you know how even like these elements are made up in the body and the body's a great example of an expression of all four of these elements. Yeah. Right. And, and again, it's, it's the characteristics that these elements bring that kind of, kind of come together in your body. But again, you think about, and then you can kind of start looking at the correspondences of life. Like, you know, we're 70% water. We're 70 right. to 80% water. Well, what is the earth? The earth is 70 to 80% water. So again, we're starting to see that as above, so below. Um, this is why in the Old Testament, they talked about making men and women out of clay. That's the earth. So mm-hmm. that's the earth element. That's like our bones and everything. Um, the water is going to be kind of like our blood, air, it's obviously the life force that we breathe in, and that's going to be our oxygen. And then warm-blooded individuals, that's right. going to be that fire and that whole idea of metabolism, kind of you know using calcination, burning away the nutrients we don't need from the food and only taking what is important to put into the bloodstream. You know? exactly. So this alchemical process, this elemental process is not only happening externally in our shared reality, but also internally in yeah. our own kingdom. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I know people, you know, 
especially right now while everyone's sort of got their hands on innovation and wanting to explore other realms that haven't been explored or finding themselves only going backwards in time to realizing that people were already doing these sort of experiments on themselves that were done thousands of years ago with regards of breath work and, Mm -hmm. you know, pranayama breathing and so forth. People are just like, Oh, this is, this is so new. And it's like, no, this is just a very, um, this not only came before, um, our understanding of, of science, but it's been known instinctively on how to control these, um, four different, uh, elements that we're describing or the way that they are all balanced within us and on earth, you know what I mean? So you can mimic what earth is doing and sort of try to find a way to live in that symbiosis yourself, um, you know, by all basic matter or means. So cooking or, yeah. you know, just, just sustaining your own self, your own uh, body requires for you to participate in the dance of these, you know, elements. The dance of times, the elements. Oh, that's a perfect way to put it, man. Cause that is exactly what it is. It's a dance. And, you know, we were just kind of talking about the physical aspects, but Carl Jung and a lot of his work, he really felt like these four elements made up the four aspects of our psyche as well. Yeah. You know, fire being thinking, air being intuition, right. water being feeling and earth being uh, sensation and the development and the balance of these elements is what makes up our personality and our attitudes. And it was really just kind of like, he really stressed the idea of students of self-knowledge must learn how these elements work within themselves physically, psychologically, and spiritually. And even though it's not an easy task, he really felt like this was the task. This was the journey of the self. And he really focused on the four elements, Um, which is always just, I mean, I guess we... Carl Young, between like Carl Young and Manly P. Hall, like we just are always just high fiving their spirit oh, yeah. in this it's, class. And it's because it is. They're the yeah. best. Yeah, they're amazing individuals. So. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, it's always funny, like in biology, you'll learn things about like, uh, especially like in anatomy and physiology, you'll learn about homeostasis. And really, homeostasis, if you don't know, is just a the regulator of, of your inner temperature of your body and, and, and the hormones and everything else that's going on with your your internal self. But there's ways to balance it out once again when you have an understanding of why it is irregular in the first place Mm -hmm. and it's very basic you know what i mean and that's what medicine modern medicines even tried doing which is just to find a way chemically speaking to regulate those numbers again when they're Mm -hmm. completely off balance but you don't have to go that far if you understand what the ailment is based on the lack of one of those um you know, prime elements working in conjunction, not in conjunction. You know what I mean? If I'm cold, this is what's happening. If I'm hot, this is what's Mm -hmm. happening. And it's like, okay, how do we keep it to where we're completely at ease? You know what I mean? So I I agree with Carl Jung's analysis of that, because if one thing isn't right, then the other thing won't be either. And then it just sort of cascades into this sort of domino effect where attitudes change based on the absence of one Mm -hmm. of those things occurring in your life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, should we get into them or? Yeah, let's just jump I, into I them because I'll off, I'll go on tangents all day. No, no, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, and I don't subject. want. That's why I will listen. I'll just sit here and listen because I'm like, oh yeah, that's fascinating. Um, but I know that you said so. The first thing we'll start with is fire, and I'm yeah. I'm excited because I know that as we break down fire, we'll we'll talk about its aspects, like I said, internally and externally, and and the representation of of what we know regarding you know inner strength or willpower or, right. you know, trans, trans, uh, formation through, through its actions. Um, but, um, yeah, go on, man. Yeah. And you know, it, fire is, um, I would say out of the archetypes, fire is one of the most kind of 
feared and could be most dangerous, but also mm-hmm. one of the ones that we understand the most. Um, and we're going to kind of get into that because we can visibly see the effects of fire right. Um, right in front of our eyes. And we can see how destructive and we can see how transform- transformative it can be. Um, and we can see the fine line between keeping you warm to um, starting something on fire in yeah. a negative way, you know? So like, again, the all of these elements take with great power comes great responsibility, but we really see the the um, unpredictableness of the universe that kind of comes from fire. Um, and even just the transformative, no feelings that kind of come from fire. Like yeah. fire doesn't matter if you're a, a child or a, a politician criminal. Like it, if it's going to burn you, if you put your hand in there, right? right. It's not going to not burn a child. And it's um, not going to not burn a politician criminal. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, there's that fine line between it, it keeping you warm and then it burning you yes. to, to death or to at death. least your physical self. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and that's so important. So, um, so again, we're not just talking about this physical fire. We're really talking right. about this fire that burns on all those levels. So the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. Um, but again, these, these ancient alchemists, they really thought that like the fire that you have in your fire pit is the same expression as the fire that's the sun. Um, They felt like the fire of our metabolism or that life force um, was the same, the fire of our thoughts and the fire of the great spirit of the universe. These were all expressions of that same fourfold element Mm. making itself um, apparent for us. So again, the the fifth, the quiescence, that spirit, the fifth element is the invisible. And this process of the four elements is the invisible making itself visible so okay. we can interact with it, right? Um, and then there's aspects that are not visible, right? Like the, the fire of the great spirit of the universe, the fire of our thoughts. But just because they're not physically happening to us, we still recognize it as happening. It's still an event that's happening to us. Like when you're really deep in the thought, you're not going to question of, did I actually have that thought? No, this is just as real of an experience as you starting a fire in your bedroom, right? You'd be like, oh, I remember that thought. I remember it clearly. Um, and it was, it pierced through my brain and it's all I could think about. And I was concentrating on it. It's just as real of an experience as like a physical fire that you're having, right? So just because it's not happening on the physical realm within the five, within the four elements in the five sense construct, that doesn't mean it's not happening, right? Right. right. Um, and that's one of the biggest aspects of these elements is really understanding the the expressions of where these these elements are expressing themselves. Um, but again, this is why you learn the physical world because the physical world teaches you about the mental world. The mental world teaches you about the spiritual world and back the other way. The spiritual world teaches you about the physical. And it's just this pattern. It's that, it's that law of correspondence. Right. You know, as you learn the small, you understand the big. And as you learn the big, you understand the small. And I think that's what's so fascinating about these subjects, especially when you really start opening up to people when they really kind of like start asking you about like, what is it that you study? Or like, what is this stuff about? And you start telling people about it. And they they almost get like overwhelmed when you start like explaining some stuff and like, oh, how could I ever learn all that stuff? And you're like, actually, the beauty about this subject is once you start kind of focusing on one thing, all these other doors open because you start seeing these connections. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's like, it's again, it's like I was never a good math student, but by learning the occult, I understood math from like a deeper level, deeper level, yeah. you know, and it's and it made me like, oh, I can see where this is now manifesting. Where before, when I was that linear left brain individual, 
I could sit with a math tutor for seven hours trying to explain to me a proof in geometry, and it was just never going to happen. You Absolutely. know what I mean? I had to like open up those aspects of my brain, and I also had to kind of really kind of believe in myself to be able to understand that, which I don't think I did. Well, it's just interesting that some things are just masked so easily that the complexity of what's going on inside is just overlooked. Yep. And that's what happens um, even when people have taken the time to take in that complexity from um, from within and put it out on the physical realm and people are still overwhelmed because they're like, I don't see what you see. And the only way you'll see it is by wanting to go inside. Mm-hmm. And only then you'll see what's been presented to you in the physical as a map of what that really is inside. And more specifically, what I'm talking about, if I'm just confusing you right now is uh, like, for instance, physiology, physiology always fascinated me. And it wasn't until I wanted to know and investigate more about the inner workings of the body to understand what was happening on the outside. Yeah. Um, even though there was already literature about the inner, um, it was hard for, for me to comprehend until I wanted to go in and find out, okay, what are the corresponding, you know, um, processes or, or what's really happening that is making this, you know, occur in the, in the sense of disease, you know, yeah. like, it's like, okay, well, well, that's what's happening here. But when people right. look at it first glance, what you're saying about explaining to people, what is it that you study? You'll overwhelm them if you were to just start talking about, you know, uh, all the the different branches that are out there in regards to the body and its, you know, chemical components. Um, people were like, okay, this is just in for me. I'm like, oh, but this is you. Yeah. This like is you'd me. think people would be more invested in that and being right. like, oh, this is going on inside of me. People are like, no, no, no. I like, I just stare at my my digits, my fingers, my, my, uh, my hands, my legs, you know, and the more basic parts that make me who I am. It's like, no, but what makes you who you are, it's still happening internally. Right. But you know, again, I'm not here to preach to people who don't want to go in that deep. I'm just saying, I, I relate to what you're saying. You know, when you try to explain what all this is, it's very overwhelming to people, but it's like, this is still happening within you. So it's, it's, it's more, it's easier to understand than I think some people want to um, go ahead and let themselves um, study about, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so. I think that's that, that's that untrained ego. That's that out of control ego that just is like, nope, not yeah, for me. Not for me, you know, exactly. Move on. Um, and again, this is one of the beauty things about this fire is this is um, one of the processes we use in the element of fire um, because we're learning about it so we can use it in the alchemical process because that's really the main goal of kind of breaking this down. This is that first step and that's what you're doing is you're burning up that ego that says, oh, I can't understand that or that's not for me, right? Um, this is going to kind of burn away this false ego that's, um, the unruly king, like in Robin Hood, when the king goes off to fight the crusades, and that's why Robin Hood is fighting um, against the sheriff and that individual. That's really the story about putting the right king back into place, right? right. Um, so again, fire is going to um, appear in different kind of forms, but always have these similar characteristics. So we do know that fire is going to be aggressive, transformative, um, energetic, burning, purifying, Fire is going to kind of represent movement, action, release of energy. Um, And really how we really kind of want to focus with fire and how we want to use it in our alchemical process is it's purely transformative process. Um, Alchemists would use fire, the fire of the concentrated consciousness, to take the lower expressions 
of this fire element and transfer them to the highest octave. Okay, so you would use concentration to burn away the dross, to burn away the the, the stuff that you don't need. Mm-hmm. So you would burn away the passion, um, the lower level passion, and you would rebuild it with compassion. Right? You would take um, you would take um, intensity, and you would burn that away and create intention. Right, so you're you're always kind of raising up that balm. This is that transformative process. This is like why the forest burns down so it can be replanted with new seeds and a new growth. Right, the right. kind of those four steps. Um, this it turns fervor and kind of just running around, um, just because you have a bunch of energy and you transform that through that concentrated conscious of purpose. Um, so this really this this the greatest weapon in our personal holy war against this this unruly king, this lower ego, is this sacred fire of our own purified conscious. Um, everything becomes fire and everything um, is born from fire. And that's going to be kind of one of those aspects we really look at. But this this idea of concentration and using the sacred fire um, of the elements in our alchemical process is the first step and one of the hardest steps. Right, right, right. And that just sort of moves us into, you know, the next. Are yeah. you ready? Yeah. We're good? Okay. <laughs> I just like, dude, I'll, I'll listen all day, especially to fire. Um, but, you know, um, I really appreciate how you're doing a really good job, uh, especially with everything that we've uh, been talking about and reading about with regarding uh, alchemy. So it's awesome how you're kind of bringing that sort of transmutation and what's, you know, what's needed for that process yeah. and, uh, and moving into the process and, and the next steps that, that come after, which uh, in this case is water. Yeah. And that's how we're, and that's exactly how we do it. We're going to go with the Emerald tablet. Like we said, right. you know, it's father is the sun. So the sun is going to be the planet that really represents the element fire. And then it's mother is the moon and moon obviously is the controller of water. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I kind of want to address too, because again, this, this whole, like, I think first quarter of this year is really going to be dedicated to alchemy. So when we go back, we're going to take this seven step process by episode, just like we did the seven planets, we're going to do the seven steps of alchemy and calcination will be the first one. And one thing we're going to give you guys too is exercises. So like in with the process of calcination and the fire element, you do a different meditation than you do with water. Okay. Mm-hmm. That the the meditation with the fire element is going to be a directed burn where you're burning away the falsalities that you've created in your life. And it's a really focused meditation where the water one that we're approaching now, that's going to be a closed eye dealing with the emotions, kind of dealing with the subconscious where that other one's going to be more with the directed conscious, right? right. So, um, one thing we just kind of want to be aware of is just really kind of pick up what these elements are telling us and what we're trying to express here. And again, it's we're going to have a lot more physical direction and exercises that we're all going to do together because the beautiful thing about the alchemical process is you're never done. You're always on a new octave. So you're oh, yeah. always redoing it, right? And you're always kind of going through this. So um so yeah, this element water. Okay, so if if fire is that masculine aggressive principle, water is going to be the feminine receptive um emotional emotional fluidity kind mm-hmm. of aspect, okay? Um and again, water, this emotional energy and this water and this fluidity and this receptive aspect of this water element is 
the one essential ingredient that makes all life possible. Right. Okay. And this is, and again, the movement between fire and water. So fire and water are going to be kind of like the two main elements that the alchemists are really going to work with. Like they work with air and they work with earth, of course, but it's that interplay between fire and water. This is the left side of the brain is fire, right side of the brain is water. So I don't want to say they're the more dominant elements, but these mm-hmm. are the ones that we have the most interaction kind of with because it's our thoughts and it's our emotions, right? So they're, they're very real to us. Um, so water is this one essential ingredient that kind of makes all life possible. Um, and water is very interesting because it's indivisible. So you can't divide it. So you take like a pitcher of water, and then you put out four cups and you pour the water into those four cups and then you pour back those cups into the pitcher there's no change that happens like the you can't tell which cup went back in it's not like it separates it goes always right back to itself right so water is always kind of separating and coming back together mm-hmm. separating and coming back together and that's really going to kind of show the fluidity aspect okay and you don't really going to see that and that's kind of what this element kind of represents so again we um when you put it all back together, the water's unchanged. So water kind of represents this nurturing, refreshing, refreshing, flowing, again, that passive feelings like we kind of talked about. This is the um, ever-changing aspect of consciousness, the ever-changing aspects of the moon, so the waxing and the waning, that fluid aspect. Um, this, is the, this is the womb of life. This is the yin, okay? This is, again, this is that calming aspect. This is, again, why... When you're trying to calm somebody down, you say, shh, right? right? Because that that resonates with the time we were in our mother's womb, right? Those nine months that we were connected to source. Um, didn't have to do anything. Food just went right into our belly buttons yep. and just connected with our mothers. It must have been beautiful, right? Um, and then obviously the trauma of birth, but that was for the expansion of our consciousness. Like right. We know we couldn't stay in that bliss forever, right? Yep. Um that's why I like the the we've talked about this before with regards to water, um, in the sense of uh, uh, maritime explanations. But one of the things that I really like is you know intuition, right? Mm-hmm. And so the flow of water, um, intuitively, uh, we know which direction to go um, mm-hmm. based on 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 that flow, on that flow state, you know what I mean? People, you know, sometimes can overthink it, but most of the time we'll end up relying onto their intuition, like a mother's intuition. You know what I mean? It's like, I got nothing else to go on, but this, and I'm putting everything into this. And that's a current that you want to flow down. Yeah. Um, you know, when you do, um, find that that's the position you're in. But uh, I like that even with sailors, you know what I mean? When they were like, Oh, all compasses, all, all tools are broken at this moment. But my intuition says right this way, you know, you know what? It's so beautiful too. Cause when you actually deal with intuition, that's actually the play between air and water. And you're actually playing between both those elements. So you're starting to see those wow. elements work together. And if you think about what is air, air is evaporated water. So right. that's where that intuition comes from. That's that motherly energy coming up to your thoughts through that distillation, through that evaporation process to kind of reach the finer aspects of you. Oh, so again, awesome. we have all these elements always working in conjunction with each other. Um, they're always kind of interplaying. And like you said, in the body, it's just the dance. The dance. It's this beautiful dance. And again, one of the things that's beautiful, and we'll kind of talk about it towards the end, but the ancients saw everything alive. Right, we kind of have this modern day science idea that we are we're on a dead planet, right? 
Um, and we have this negative aspect about everything and everything's kind of this nihilistic viewpoint, but that's not really the case. Like everything is alive. And when we start seeing this, we start seeing this life and we start seeing this, like kind of this life behind everything. And I know we'll kind of get into that. So I don't want to like kind of jump in there, but again, we're, we're dealing with this yen energy, um, so in the alchemical process, if fire is used to purify our thoughts um, through destruction and revolution, mm. so you actually kind of destroy them down and you take them down, water is the purifying aspect of our feelings. So fire works on our thoughts, that left side of the brain, mm-hmm. water is going to work on that right side of the brain, kind of that holistic understanding, okay? Um, if fire is working on the neocortex, that water's working on that mammal limbic system. Okay, so those different aspects of our brains that kind of do this. Um, and that's through that feeling aspect is going to kind of become through n- encouragement and nourishing. nourishing. Um, so again, the fire is the element of the sun and the water is the element of the moon. Um, and this water element is just that emotional force within ourselves. And it's such a huge aspect and we can see it's, we can see how it's even affected by the moon, just mm-hmm. like our fire, our thought, and our energy aspect of fire is affected by the sun. Like you see in winter, you don't have as much energy as you do in summertime when you're mm-hmm. getting like enough of sunlight. Like sunlight helps you get up in the morning, sunlight helps you get your stuff done. Um, just like the water is going to kind of do that with your emotions, the fire of the sun's going to kind of resonate. So again, they felt like this was the same thing, just different expressions, but the same. Again, it's the invisible making itself visible. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that water aspect, the water aspect is, is again, it's just really important. That's where life kind of comes from. This is the darkness, right? This was the darkness that was on the waters for creation. And then the breath of life is going to come and it's going to move the waters and creation is going to start. So again, this is that, you know, the, um, the subconscious mind, this is what you would call the um, kind of the realm of potential, right? right. And this is darkness. This Absolutely. is where life comes from, right? Well, we talked about this with in regards to the physical birthing. You know, yeah. we're born into into water, into the plasma, into um, you know, and in the womb that's speaking, and yeah. then you you make your way through that darkness into the next, which. Uh-huh. This is too soon to talk about. Should we move into air? Are we there yet? No, no, whatever you're going. All right, with, cool. Man. That's where I was going. I was yeah. going out of that uh, dark section that we were just talking about, but within the mother's intuition and then moving mm-hmm. into our first breath, the the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it oh, happens I all over the place. Yeah, it goes into that step. I mean, I, I don't know if, if um, during conception, if that's like an element of fire, because there is a physical, you know. I mean, even just think about the digestion that's happening. Right. You're sharing your mother's digestion. And I, I would say that that's the interplay between fire and water. Exactly. Because it's the male and the female kind of happening. But yeah, I mean, think about how when you're forming an embryo, like it's in the water, but it's that fire energy. It's that metabolism that's mm-hmm. kind of happening, that's keeping it alive. And you're right. It's moving through that darkness. You're kind of going through... Um, that stage of that birthing to take your first breath, first breath. which is going to be air, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic way to look at it. And and again, when you're thinking about the elements, air kind of has the most mystical application for the fact that we don't see air. Right. Okay, so we don't see, like, we see the wind blowing, but even the wind, like, I remember, like, like just like 
growing up and just kind of being fascinated with wind because I, I grew up in Texas, so there's not a lot of mountains. So it's it's always like kind of windy and I was always outside and I remember I was always like trying to play sports um, and like playing basketball outside would be like in Texas would be really hard because it's all flat and the wind just kind of goes straight through. Mm. And like, it was just, it was like blowing the ball all over the place. And I remember like being mad at the wind and being like, what is this thing? You know what I mean? Yeah, but it was yeah. like this invisible force um, that had a huge say. And, and again, that's kind of why air has this mystical aspect. But again, air does have this, um, this is kind of like that life force aspect. And it's a really important aspect because even when we kind of think about, you know, these aspects in our life, like you can go a couple weeks without food, which I would kind of say is earth, right? You could go a couple days without water, right? You can go a couple hours at a low body temperature, right? So even if your body temperature gets low, you can go a couple hours. You can't go a couple minutes without air, right? This is the life force. This is that aspect that is giving life. This is that prana. This is that chi. Um, So just because we don't see it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And it's really going to kind of just be that, that life-giving energy and kind of those higher thought aspects and whether used in the alchemical process, this was kind of used as separation, you know, that filtration process. Um, but again, it's really kind of that that chi and that life force to um, kind of create that energy within mm-hmm. um, and make these changes happen. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I like how you bring up it's life force. And, and I know that from what I read and from what I've read, um, you know, it, it always comes up that if you're, you are within, um, the understanding of, of air and, and as an element, intellect always comes up and, you know, and it's always interesting that intellect comes up because, you know, without, uh, oxygenating the blood and what, you know, having that oxygen to think even, you know, like there is no intellect, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I know, I mean, that can be applied to all different elements if there's a, a lack of one of them uh, occurring in the body. But I think this one's interesting that it is more of the mystical, it is invisible, but mm-hmm. it is very much needed. I mean, just like we said, you can't have one without the other. And I always mm-hmm. thought my favorite element of all elements has always been being high up there in in the air. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love mountains and I love being on top of mountains. But one of my favorite things is that's where you're reminded of that which you can't see, but that is very real mm-hmm. um, and occurring at all times. And that mm-hmm. might be with altitude. So as you climb up, or that might be the force of the wind that's also unseen, um, you kind of just get rechecked and, um, and and sort of have an understanding of your limitations, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, very quickly. But all the elements can do that to you. All four right. elements can do that to you and, and make you feel very small and and kind of put you in your place. But air has always been one that I've always thought also was like, uh, you know, frustrating at times, but other times just like an incredible, um, uh, presence around us. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's really kind of cool when you start dealing with like, um, spending time with like medicine men. And if you ever meet anybody who's like really into like the Druid, um, and kind of that Nordic mythology, um, they use the wind for verification of whether it's like a, it's like a checker of their intuition. So if they have an idea and something blows from the East, it means something that if like the wind was blowing from the West and they kind of use that nature and they use that aspect. And I know we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about the elementals when we kind of get moving, but the air elementals were 
the most friendly to humans. And they really saw that as like, mm-hmm. if there's anything that's kind of helping humans along in the elemental realm, it was those, those areas and kind of like those fairies. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, what is helping humanity, what's really going to help humanity out? It's, it's this intellect. It's this higher order thinking. It's philosophy. Right. It's it's what those air signs really kind of hold on to. Um, it's that higher aspect of thought. Where fire is more of your concentration. This right. is more of like that philosophical thought that's going to be able to create the societies that we want. This is like again very much where esoteric understanding kind of comes from. And again, when what do you need to do to understand the esoteric and understand the occult? You need to get a higher perspective. You need to get up high, right? Exactly. And again, this is what's represented by the owls. This is what's represented by the birds. Um, and just kind of that that ability to think and think clearly. And also air is going to be very much for communication and mm-hmm. your ability to kind of communicate and the aspect of communication that kind of happens. So air, again, it's not something we see, but we experience. And again, it's it's one of those ones. Like they're all, like you said, all the elements are going to keep you in check, but earth is one of the fastest that will do it. Like if you don't have, if you don't have oxygen, yeah, your, your time is already ticking. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, again, it is that life force. And even like when you're in like ceremonial magic and you're like charging your instruments, um, or charging your own life force or doing like, um, um, practicing, um, like where you kind of build up your prana and you build up your chi, like in Tai Chi, you're really working with the air element. Like you're working with all the elements, but that's the one that kind of activates and charges, um, which is a huge spiritual process. And then like you were talking about like the breathing exercises, the ancient breathing exercises, that's one of the biggest things, um, that I notice subconsciously I don't do. Like Mm -hmm. I, I get working and I get going. And then sometimes I like check in on my breath and I'm like, not even like breathing in deep. I'm not holding in my breaths um, and kind of really focusing on that. And on the days that I kind of wake up in the morning and I, I don't like, I just like set off my alarm. I don't look at my phone. And I kind of just sit and I'm starting to kind of plan my day. The days that I really concentrate on my breathing when I'm doing that, I notice at the end of the day, like throughout the day, I have more energy. I'm mm-hmm. able to concentrate more. I'm in a better, like blissful state. Um, like maybe on those days, maybe like one of the six jokes I said in class lands and usually I'm 0 for 6, you know, in the classroom. So I'm just like, I'm on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just like loving it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just more, I'm just more there. I have that life force, you know, I have mm-hmm. that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just such an important aspect that we, we overlook. And I think it's even, even more of a struggle now because you're, um, covering your life force at this point, which is right. so interesting because if there's anything that's going to help your immune system, it's probably going to be the life force that we're not allowed to take in. But I we can't know. say anything too much because we don't want to get censored. So. I, know. I know. So, I but know. I mean, it is what it is, but just the idea of um, breath is important. So it doesn't really matter where you stand on the situation. Um, find yourself outside space, um, where you can feel comfortable to take in deep breaths and Absolutely. work on that aspect. And again, this was the the third aspect of the alchemical process, which is that separating. This is that filtering of what is good, what's needed in the next process, and what's not. And that's going to take a higher order thought to kind of go through. Absolutely. Um, and to kind of deal with that. 
That's why you do. We tend to get stuck. We talked about this before um, in the alchemical process, but we tend to get stuck in those first two, uh, which is why it is a struggle to move into the third yeah. process regarding, um, you know, even just the physical breath work. You know right. what I mean? To find the time to actually take in the oxygen that is needed to have a higher perspective, or at least an understanding emotionally of what's going on in and around you is so hard. I do mine with exercise, uh, but I recommend definitely like looking into like Nepalese um, or Nepalese um, breath work. They do some really amazing things um, that's been going on forever as far as what you do breathing in through the nose and, and so forth. So even if we are in tough times of, of such a, a practice, I think you can really find a lot of resources that'll probably help you within, you know, um, times of, of disarray or at least like, even at night when people need to really kind of take a step back and, and, and let themselves um, drift. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very hard because your, your breathing is very much in tune with those first two that we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, a conflict between your intuition, a conflict between your will. You know, we know that the will regards to fire mm-hmm. um, is needed to, to, you know, assemble and um, conquer things that we want to do, but there's a time and place for when you have that on you know, and same thing with your intuition. Mm -hmm. So it's good to like rise up to that third, learn how to use it and calm the other two down to hopefully just get better sleep in this regard is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just funny how those things um, really seem to be the, the conflict in a lot of people's lives. You know, it's like the lack of certain peaceful um, uh, practices and it starts with breath work. So, Yeah, it's very interesting, man. Yeah, getting that piranha up. So, so important. And we'll try to share some some great resources because there is some really great individuals doing some breath work online um, that anybody can jump into and you can kind of get started on it today, right? Today. So, um, so perfect. So, we have what we've gone fire, water, earth. We've gone fire, water, air. Mm-hmm. And now we are on to earth, man. Right. Yeah. So, um, and again, this is going to be. One of the more easy ones for us to understand, um, Earth is all going to be about manifested matter, right? So this is really what you would almost the ancients would call frozen energy. Mm. Okay, so they saw this as potential energy, but this is like almost like frozen, um, and it's kind of ma- manipulated itself as matter. So this is the farthest one away from fire. Um, farthest one away from ether and spirit, right? This is going to be the most material one of these aspects. Um, and the other, kind of the other three being the steps to get to this one. So this is the farthest one away from that source, that prima materia. But again, very, very important. This is where we see, um, this, they call this the fourth element because this is what completes, again, that cross mm-hmm. and the idea of lines crossing each other. Because if lines did not cross each other, we would not have this construct for experience. So right. we need this to happen. We need this physical for our souls to go on this evolutionary journey. Um, and Earth is going to all kind of be about, you know, stability, um, grounding, matter, um, the aspect of... Um, again, just kind of being rooted in the idea of kind of connecting to the earth, but really kind of seeing also as this earth, as this life-giving aspect too, that that grows up the ability to create life and to have life. Absolutely. Right? Um, And then this is just where that alchemical process was done. So this is where you really put together the fire and the water that you've purified from 
the alchemical process. So you've gone through that separation process in the last step, and that's where you kind of discarded what was um, not needed and kind of kept together and organized what was, and now you're putting it to manifestation, which we call the lesser stone or the lower stone um, in the earth element. Again, we're, we saw how people look in this. They're very much, um, this is what you would kind of see as I would say somebody who's like, woke, you know, so they're going to be very engaged, they're going to be very alert, um, very spiritually aware, but again, we still know that there's three more steps that kind of complete the process, right. but when it talks about in the below, because this is what we're dealing with right now is in the below, this is kind of the completion of that first step, Yeah, um, and it's going to be in that earth aspect, and again, earth is so important for the aspects of stability, um, the ability to kind of ground yourself, not float away with lofty ideas, and um, make a foundation. The foundation, which is so important. Like yeah. if you, it's all about foundation, right? Yeah. Um, this is what. This is why the Egyptians were able to do so much in the age of Taurus is because Taurus is all about foundation. And this is when we were able to make the pyramids. This is when we were able to make, um, you know, these monolithic. Um, edifices that we can't even replicate to this day, and it's because they had such a good understanding of foundation. And I think that's that's probably one of the greatest archetypes you can think about when you think about Earth. Is it's it's the foundation of life. It's the foundation of consciousness expression and consciousness growth. Right. 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 Oh, that's you know? awesome, man. So, um, so yeah, and Earth, like we're all fans of the Earth. We, um, Eddie, Eduardo, and myself are people of the outdoors, and we always have kind of enjoyed those aspects. And um, again, Earth has really kind of always been kind of represented as this um, female Mother Earth life-giving. And if you think about it, the waters come and it we bear the fruit. And this is what gives us sustenance. This is what gives us life. This is what gives us structure. This is what gives us shelter. So very much is that kind of feminine, um, cold, protective aspect, right. um, which is very important, you know, because you need to be you need to have shelter, you need to have water, you need to have food to be able to even go on this process. Absolutely. So, um, absolutely. So yeah, so that would be the first four steps of the alchemical process, right? Kind of be in conjunction. And that's going to be that, that sacred marriage of the sun and the moon. That's going to kind of happen within that earth realm. Um, but that's kind of a good little, I guess a little kind of synopsis. We probably could have gone on whole episodes on all four of those elements. Right. Um, but that's kind of a good kind of representation of it. So um, now did you, um, I know you did some research on elementals, right? I did. Which I is did. fascinating. Yeah. So um, I did have some questions, you know, so there's so many resources that Daniel and I um, will um, dive into and things that we'll suggest to one another, mostly Daniel's suggesting to me and I'll ask him, Hey, where did you hear about this? Or last time we spoke about something, you know, um, where were we getting this information from? And, and you'll always hear as Daniel and I were talking about high-fiving the Manly P. Hall manuscripts or the Manly P. Hall uh, lectures or even Carl Jung. And one of the things that I was super curious about is in, in a book I really recommend, which is The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. Um, you know, the, he outlines a lot of different things. And and one of the, the, the many things that go into this like symbolical um book and and it's like breakdown is the elementals and daniel brought up the elementals um a little bit earlier when we were talking i think about um dissolution i don't know if we were talking about uh water and uh one of the things that came up was you know the the substance of the physical universe um 
which has uh, an influence by a power and that power being, you know, those behind the elementals, right? Or like how yeah. you would really describe that. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that that I've been reading about um, also is in regard to what Paracelsus used to say, which is a, he was a German um, Swiss physician uh, and he was an alchemist. Um, and he, you know, did a lot of studying in chemistry and medicine uh, right at the uh, 1500s or so. Um, but one of the things that was really interesting is t- talking about who are who is really at uh, at the hand of of the change of these elements and how they're how they're working beyond our five senses. Um, so, if you want to elaborate a little bit on that, because I don't know if people are going to end up finding some of that uh, in their own research um, in regards to these elementals. Um, yeah. And, and their inhabitants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I think that was um, one thing that's really unique about the secret teachings of all ages by Manly Pahal. This was kind of like his his first work that he put out. Mm-hmm. And what was really kind of cool is he was really young when this came out. I think he was like 28 or 29. Um, and he like locked himself in a library for a couple of years to kind of produce this. And this was really what was his like coming out party was this book, which is amazing because it's a huge book and it's just, it's almost more of like an encyclopedia mm-hmm. of occult information, right? It's just, it's just unreal resource. So most of us, uh, I think have a copy of that, but if you don't definitely get yourself a copy, but it is in the public domain as well. So you can find it online, but it really is a special book. This was the the book that really, really got me deep in the esoteric occult. Mm-hmm. I think I was dabbling in spirituality, but I was, I was pretty lost. Um, and I didn't know really where I was going until I found this book. And this is really what kind of got me on this more scientific, logic-based, um, scientific kind of based aspect to spirituality, um, which is occultism. So, um, and which is kind of unique is when he was younger, Manly P. Hall wrote a lot more about magic and magical realms, where when he gets later in his life, he's going to kind of be focused more on philosophy. Mm-hmm. And now magic is going to still play a huge role in his life, but it kind of becomes more of a private aspect of his life. Um, and we know he was a part of magic, magic, um, magic organizations. He was, a, he was a 33rd degree Mason. Um, we believe he had a lot of influence in the Rosicrucian chapters mm-hmm. in that area. So we know he was practicing ceremonial magic at some times. Um, and that's what he was kind of delving into. He was really kind of looking into the work of Paracelsus. And again, the ancients saw everything as living, and they saw personality in everything. They saw personality in things that weren't just humans that kind of personify something. Um, so just like how we kind of see personality in our dogs and like the animals that are kind of like our familiars that we're really close to, um, and you're just like, oh, like this dog is unique, you know what I mean? And you can see this like actual personality, this expression of kind of this fingerprint of like God in the in the animal. Mm-hmm. They're going to see this in all things. Mm-hmm. So they're going to see personality. They're going to see mountains as alive. They're going to see rivers as alive. They're going to see a fire as alive. And they're going to see air and the movement of air as alive. Okay? Right. Because they, they had a different aspect of kind of looking at life. So so they did. So in this aspect, they they kind they had within their mythologies they had keepers of the realms and those are the individuals that kind of maintain the realms and we don't perceive them with our physical five senses 
but they very much felt that they were there. So they felt like every rock had a gnome, right? right? Every mountain kind of had a gnome or what you would call like a brownie or an elf, right? And you make your way kind of through the elementals, like the salamanders were going to be with the fires or the little red devils, Um you know, you have like kind of the fairies and the fawns as the air elements, mm-hmm. and in the water you have the undines or the like the mermaids, right? right. And these are going to be expressions in, in the characteristics and the personality of the individuals corresponded to the river. Like right. if the river was a wild one, it was kind of like a wild elemental, right? Um, and the same kind of thing. And they really kind of felt that elementals were... Um, some of them were kind of there for the human betterment. Like they really felt like air, like fawns and fairies were really there to kind of help humans. Um, and sometimes they, people had experiences where they were able to contact these elementals and they would actually see these, these fairies or these fawns. And that, that the air ones would be the ones that could actually kind of um, manifest themselves. And they would almost be like the size of humans sometimes. Right. right? Um, where like gnomes would stay their size. Right. Um, and gnomes usually, um, would help out, but they not really help out. Like they were good and they're bad. They were kind of mischievous. Mischievous. Like, exactly. Yeah. And, but you would actually like go through life. Like if you were sitting on a rock, right, eating your lunch, you would ask the gnome permission to kind of sit on that rock. Like, right. So you would be, you'd be almost, you had a deeper connection with nature um, and they had a deeper connection with everything. Like, right. Like even like a native American, when a native American's about to pull his arrow into a bowl, a bow, like shoot his bow into like a buffalo. There's a meditation, there's a, there's a thankfulness that kind of comes from it, mm-hmm. and then there's a request by the Native American for the soul to leave the body of what it's about to kill. So it actually opens up the door for that soul that's in the animal to be like, you please escape, like, um, I love you and thank you for this, like what you're about to give me, um, I'm giving you an opportunity to leave your body. And then they pull the arrow. So the animal actually has a time to actually like leave its body aspect, right? right? They felt like the whole universe was alive, and they felt like the whole universe was connected. Um, and so, they, they again, they had this magical, mythological approach, um, and we just kind of shut it down now. But like, you see personality in these things. Like, we we're starting to really understand too that like everything is alive through mm-hmm. quantum physics, right? So we're really as we're again, quantum physics is catching up to what these spiritual practices were, um, and individuals. Alchemists, magicians, and magicians to this day will claim that they have connection with elementals, um, and they and they work with the elementals. And you would usually work with the air elementals. You could sometimes work with the water ones, and you could sometimes work with the earth ones. Um, fire ones have always kind of been off limits, only to like the most skilled ones, because fire is just right. the most unpredictable one, right? So um, Paracelsus, I believe, um, had like a fire one, but this is kind of what they kind of expect that maybe was a Socrates daemon could have been an elemental mm. or it was his highest self, like one of these aspects. But the real rich thing is, is just the richness of everything being alive. And I think yeah. if we could get back to that. I mean, that's really what it's about. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's understanding its inhabitants, whether they're like creatures of folklore or they're something else that you want to call as far as uh, a spiritual um, connection to mm. each thing that we have categorized on this planet. Cause that's something else that we've done. Um, we kind of over have, we've done a little too much of, I should say, is that if everything becomes subcategorized and everything becomes a micro um, factor, then we forget where it came from in the macro, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I think people right now are starting to realize whether or not they want to, that's why they have allegiance 
to, or that's where they're aligned to, I should say, to such things that are uh, worthy of protesting, such as like a land that's not protected and it's being used for a resource that we may have to think twice about on uh, extracting from mm -hmm. from where it remains. And that's the real connection there. People might say, oh, it's my spiritual connection to this place or the outdoors are my church, right? The mountains are my church. But all this language is the same thing, which is like, basically admitting that there is a connection to what inhabits the material or the the matter of of what we are looking at face to face mm -hmm. is really just an uh, a expression of ourselves and part of ourselves as we're all part of this one you know time and place here on earth you know mm -hmm. when we're here physically i should say you know what i mean so it's like if you're gonna have that sort of connection then just open your eyes and your heart that it's all within the same you know what i mean mm -hmm. um as above, so below, as we always say. As above, so below. And so. I think that's a perfect way to see it, man. And like, again, like, I, I I do love big cities and I love culture that's in big cities. And I love like going to different restaurants and going to like live music and stuff. But it, it still has no comparison to how enriching it is of my soul when I go outside and I see it like a stream or I go to the ocean, right? Like, it's, it's not even comparable. Like, yeah, like I love those experiences, but when I really actually kind of go outside and I start resonating with those aspects, I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is the good stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah without, so. without that, there's no way of um, bringing back something of a different form into, so, okay, let me explain this. That music, that culture, that is all from an inspiration or inspirational experience that came from the thing that we just mentioned. So right. it's like the musician that goes out to the mountains, yeah. brings back the song, the song that you hear is influenced by his influence of the very thing that we're considering, you know, right. part of the, the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's a great way to put it, man. I never even thought of that. But yeah. I love that aspect. It's like of you it. go, you, they're just they're just the mimics of that, yeah. right? So it's like you you see the architecture, you see the, you hear the sounds, and you feel the vibration. But they all came from somewhere right. that must have inspired them, and that somewhere is most likely the things that we're just talking about. You know, right? The right. things that are already here that inhabit our earth, and and the the association to to all the things that inhabit within us. You yeah. know. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a, I think you're, uh, that's a great, great point, man. Always good. Cool, man. Well, uh, I have nothing more to add. Do you? Um, just, I mean, universal high fives, everybody out there. <laughs> yeah, man. And we're so excited again to have next week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that to just sort of break down, um, you know, each of these steps of, of the alchemical process, you know, we'll have plenty of time to talk about, and define, you know, each, each process and, and what it entails and having this foundation of the four elements will definitely kind of, you know, help the next step and the step after that, which is all we do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one kind of exciting thing is, um, and you know what it was, it was kind of put on pause for these last couple of months cause we've been busy, but, um, w there's a lot of individual creators that we've kind of connected with online, um, whether there be artists whether they be an other esoteric researchers, other podcasters. Um, and one thing we're really going to try to start utilizing is kind of like video conversations with mm -hmm. those individuals. So um, please be on the lookout for our website because I'm sure we're going to kind of start posting a lot more videos on that website where we're kind of talking to these other creators. Um, 
And so that's going to be kind of a cool experience. Again, we're just trying to build this community. We're trying to build this culture um, and make that great network that we all know we can do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And every episode will mention what we're doing next. I mean, everything is coming slowly, but it's also happening very fast. And Mm -hmm. so it's nice to sort of take a step back and see what's most important. I know that one of the things we've talked about since the beginning is Daniel and I going on to video of when the podcast is actually being recorded. And we've had that request from a few people. So we're working on something we're going to do. We may not do every episode into a video, but you'll definitely get to see, you know, Daniel's handsome face. Yeah, you're the pretty. <laughs> you're the handsome and, one. No, no. We'll we'll have a, a full on conversation where you can kind of see, you know, um, you know how we sort of come about with these conversations and 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 the nice thing about that is we can do slides. We can do oh, a little yes, video clip. Yes. Like it's just gonna be. It'll be more than just us talking and we'll be able to incorporate some of these things because sometimes when I'm looking right at Daniel across from me, I know he knows what I'm talking about and therefore I leave a lot of blanks out there and I'm like, oh wait, I got to go back and explain what I'm actually saying because Daniel's just smiling and and he's nodding and I'm nodding at him. So this way we'll be able to actually, uh, an episode that feels to us that needs further explaining, we'll actually drop the slides in the edits um, for everything that we're talking about and, 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 you know, uh, and describing, even though you do a really good job as far as um, your description of things, you know, as far as me, just as a listener over here, I think it's a really good way of how you uh, give us a nice image, but I think it'd be cool to even further that with an actual image. So it'd be the best. Yeah. So, and then, especially when we start kind of, um, we really want to kind of start breaking down some more films and stuff there too. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. But again, we are just so thankful for all of your guys, um, sh- the, the amount of sharing that you guys do. And so many people will message me being like, oh, like I heard from you from this person. And it's just, it's just so great. We feel like we have so many friends from all around the world. So we really appreciate that. And then also please be on the lookout because this week we are going to announce, um, we're going to pick the 10,000 for the 10,000 followers, the three winners. Um, and then we're going to reach out to you. Um, so hopefully, um, if you want to, when we reach out to the winners for the people that shared, um, I think you just have to like share your address. And if you don't want to give us your address, we'll just send you digital cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Awesome, man. Well, that being said, until next time. Until next time. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Not only does it give us the energy we need, it also gives us an opportunity to make a positive environmental impact. Earthling Food Company originated from the simple truth that what is good for the body is good for the planet. They create delicious, plant-based food that lifts us up rather than weighs us down. That's right, you will never find preservatives, refined sugar, oil, animal products, gluten, or any other crap that is environmentally destructive. Only the good stuff. Would you like a hearty granola that is both delicious and healthy? What what about uh, something with zero cholesterol or an alternative to scrambled eggs? Earthly Food Company has you covered. They are a brand new husband and wife startup, so check back regularly for new products. Greg and Jen have been listeners and supporters of the Know Thyself podcast since our very first episode. We first collected on a philosophical conversation and then through the conversation learned about this really exciting new project that they were creating, which is a organic, amazing granola that they want to share with all the listeners of our community. Artisan granola and seasoning make a great holiday gift. Visit earthlingfood.company. That's earthlingfood.com. Dot 
company. Did you say earthlingfood.company? That's exactly what I said. To order online and use the discount code KNOWTHYSELF, that's one word, KNOWTHYSELF, for 15% off your purchase. They are also offering uh, free shipping on orders over $70, so, uh, you know, order online today. I would do it, like, right now. <laughs>